the thing is that we have to prepare people. We could bring every single job back, but if there's nobody to actually fill it, if there's nobody to actually run a machine, fix a machine, I mean, we're going to be dead in the water. Today, we're going to speak to Manny Pasillas with TechCNC. He is also a member of our advisory board for the College CNC program. Joining him is going to be the Director of Business and Technical Programs, Sarah Curry. So Manny, tell me a little bit about CNC. Uh, what is CNC? It's a computer numerical control machine that uh, an operator programs and uh, tells the machine what to do. It's almost like a game, Simon Says. Simon Says, go an inch from here, it's going to do it. Every single thing from the chair you're sitting on to the microphone, the microphone I'm speaking into, to the water bottle I'm holding, had a root uh, in a CNC machine. Whether it was a mold that was made for this water bottle mm-hmm. or the mold that was made for the chair or the components that are very intricate inside some of these microphones, right? They're screws and all that has to be done precise. Mm-hmm. The only way to do it is in a CNC machine. Yeah. You know, there is... So yeah, nobody's out there with a chisel like hammering away at the screw to make it like <laughs> screw, right? So, you know, you need a machine to meet those dimensions properly and mm-hmm. exacting. Okay. And, and all these all these machines do have their, their counterpart that came from, you know, they evolved from somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. So they were manual machines that uh, came with the same precision, but, you know, they were done in another form, such as, you know, it, it was still a high-precision uh, process, but without the computer part of it. I would say... You have to have a good technical aptitude and willingness to do it. Apprenticeships are great. Uh, we ourselves offer apprenticeships and to get our employees going because it's very hard to find somebody that does all the million things that we try to do every day. Right. But the thing is that uh, a good education with, math, I think, a lot of heavy math because you got to trig out a lot of angles and whatnot. AutoCAD is used and a lot of these master cam computer-aided machining software. Mm-hmm. And so you have to at least understand some trig. Some people get away with it. You know, they, they figure it out. There's there's ways. But the thing is that um, you at least have a have to have a good head and a good attitude that you know it's going to be difficult. But once you get the hang of it, it's just like anything else. But it's very rewarding, I think. it's Because you're producing something that's like art, you know, very precise. How did you get into it? I, I was going to school. I started in civil engineering, of all things. Um, I had to get a job eventually, and this job was at Precision Twist Drill. And for one of my projects in engineering graphics was to actually make a design of a, a mechanism, something. And I actually did design a part that helped one of the machines avoid a critical breakage that was just a nuisance. Mm-hmm. So from there, it's just like I got more into that and running these machines, operating becoming very proficient because I, I just liked producing something out of nothing. Eventually, I, I got into the CNC side and got very proficient with that, and applications, and with my school and background of mechanical engineering, I took electronics. So I was able to kind of make my own little mechatronics discipline, which was not really there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm 43 years old, 2000, what, 1997 I started school. So back then it was, you know, it was only electrical or mechanical engineering, but I kind of made both at, at the same time. Okay. Uh, later, um, one of the machines I used to run, one of the engineers said, hey, uh, by the way, are you looking for a job? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, years later, I went and got that job with them. First, uh, I went to India to restructure a company. I was a manufacturing engineering manager for an American-based company. 
I used it as a learning experience, which forms, you know, the future of your life at the end of the day, <laughs> if you take it in the right way. But uh, I got into that, and uh, when I did come back, I did go to that company that was a CNC company, and I went to Switzerland to their factory and actually built the machines on the shop floor there mm-hmm. and followed it from a base all the way to the end machine, you know. And so they really taught you into an, like a apprentice format that, you know, which is great because you got to work hands-on. At the end of the day, they just kept on going into different companies that did the same. And how did you go from a guy who traveled all over the world to somebody who is setting up their own firm? I worked for a lot of good companies, and I saw where it was lacking. Mm-hmm. And I understand because when you're an OEM, when you are XYZ brand, you have to buy the parts from your your own people, right? And what TechCNC does different is that we saw where where that, that disconnect was. So I'll give you an example. If there's a machine down today and I work for OEM XYZ, I need a hydraulic valve. So I have to call my parts department that may be in Kentucky or in New York, and they'll, they'll say, send me that part. Whether they have it or not, you know, it may be a long lead time, 16 right. weeks, which are we are seeing that because of the pandemic. So the thing is that what TechCNC does is we have relationships and accounts with as many of the local vendors we can get to help, you know, our customer be up and running today. Mm. And it feels good because we provide the same type of service to all. And I think that's where TechCNC and you know, the reason why I'm doing this was born. You know, I take it very personal. I'm out there with my guys. I wear the same shirt and pants as they do. And, you know, have the same bruises as they do sometimes because it, <laughs> it, it gets kind of tight in those spots. But uh, that's that's why I do it. And I was originally in Chicago. Why I do it in Houston is because uh, just don't go to Chicago in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> they call it the Windy City for a reason, right? Yeah. So tell me then the importance of having workers who train or they know what they're doing when they're on staff. That You know, like you were saying, you're trying to reduce lead times. So then you need staff members who know what they're doing, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, much of our guys actually came from the manufacturing industry. Uh, so some of those guys are expert programmers in, in their own right. Some are degreed applied science and programming. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get guys out of that industry because they know the machine. They know what to expect. For me, at the end of the day, it's safety. They know how to move them. They know what to expect. These machines, like I said, it's like Simon says, you, you tell us to do something, it's going to do it. Whether your finger or your hand is in the way, it's going to do it. <laughs> well, and I would imagine, too, that even though anybody who might have training, they still need to be learning specific to your company, correct? I mean, it's not like everything's going to be the same everywhere you go. I come from mostly aerospace, high-precision tooling, which are, you know, where microns and tents mm-hmm. come from uh, aerospace, automotive. And coming to Texas, where it's all oil and gas, big tolerances, <laughs> big parts, everything is bigger in Texas, you know. Mm-hmm. I hired some people here that are no longer with us because the the way that we that we train people, the way that we expect the machines to end up, like if they align a machine that has been in a crash, we call it a bump yeah. when it doesn't go where it was supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> and so what happens is um, they'll align it and say, oh, okay, I got it within a thou. That's good enough. And so so I preach, if you get it to a thou, put it as close to zero as possible. I mean, yeah. uh, we don't like to cut corners. I think that my passion into what I live for every day, what wakes me up every day is, yeah, to go and help and fix machines. But really, at the end of the day, it's our industry as a whole. It's I'm only one person, right? But the thing, our industry as a whole, a lot of these companies are coming back right now due to all the political instability, chip supply chain, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is that we we have to prepare people. We could bring every single job back but if there's nobody to actually fill it if there's nobody to actually 
you know, run a machine, fix a machine. I mean, we're going to be dead in the water regardless. So we're going to bottleneck our own self. And I really, you know, like what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, many schools are trying to do this also now. And uh, I just wish that we can kind of get the message to the people that this is a career that, you know, it can be lucrative. Mm-hmm. It can be satisfying. You know, to us, it's every day. That's our trophy when we fix mm-hmm. something and our customer, you know, thanks us and we see that smile and it's like like we just cured your, your, your kid, you know. <laughs> and it, it's kind of like I want to put the word out there that there is an industry. Uh, mm-hmm. From the aspect of even the machinist, there's a lack of machinists, you know. So, I mean, is that why you joined the advisory board with the college to kind of s- spread the message of the need for these programs and these types of workers? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually quite happy to be asked to be on this. Um, I do uh, have an outlet, which is in Link- on LinkedIn, and it's under my name, Man- uh, Manny Pasillas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do mention Tech CNC there, and the thing is that I have that outlet for the reason of trying to help people. I put pictures of our repairs. I, I put hints and stuff. Mm-hmm. And now if this could be an outlet to just the people locally here that is going to impact us directly, I mean, that's great. Sarah, how does that advisory board sort of impact the decisions with continuing ed? It drives our decisions. So, um, for example, the curriculum for our CNC program we sat down with our instructors who both come from industry, we being myself, I'm the director of the division and our dean. We sat down with our instructors and looked at the catalog of courses that all fall within this occupation. And the instructors identified the courses that they thought were best. Mm -hmm. And then when we meet with our advisory committee, we will go through this curriculum and the student learning outcomes and have industry verify. We look at the curriculum, we have instructors who come from industry, but without the subject matter experts and the companies that are gonna hire our students, then our curriculum really isn't worth anything and we need something that is substantial to meet the needs of these industries. Yeah, you need that, to make sure that it's relevant to what they're gonna experience. Exactly, and we don't wanna waste students' time, we wanna get them trained and then in the field. Like Manny's saying, there's such a need. I've been visiting with many companies in our area and into Houston to talk about their hiring needs. And it's actually unlike any other industry I've seen in the last couple of years, there is such a need for employees. And one of the things I was actually gonna ask Manny, how do we change people's conception of what CNC machining is? Because there's a lot of people that, and we hear people talk about this, but are blue collared workers where there's some hesitancy of, I don't want my child to do this. However, from what I see- The stigma. The stigma, exactly. But what I have seen from visiting with industries, from having people that come and do our fast track technical training that come from never having had a livable wage to moving into a comfortable wage and then to getting some years of experience rather than years of education, which we are in higher education and I know its value, However, everyone has a different path. And this path, I have seen so much passion and excitement from the people that work on these machines every day. And I'd like Manny to, to talk about this as well, but there are people who love this career. I haven't met anyone in... I think I've visited with seven companies now. I haven't met anyone who's not as passionate 
as Manny. People love this career and they're there's this breakdown in our society, the stigma that you talked about, that parents and individuals that are looking for jobs don't see the value. They don't consider it as much as maybe they should. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, if I, if I could answer yeah. in, in what I see. Um, I worked at a company. I started operating machines and all that. Um, I think that as a parent, too. Uh, my son actually he's in, he's a college student uh doing a mechanical engineering uh but he comes along with us so he works with us and he i didn't tell him to you know my my wife didn't make him he actually knows what i've done the re- you know my whole life so he he likes it uh we go to companies that are um yeah a little a little say uh dirty right cuz it's an industry right but mm-hmm. then we go to some that you literally um got a walk in and stick your feet on these sticky pads to not drag any of your own dust into their companies. I mean, it's a very, very broad spectrum. But at the end of the day, the stigma, uh, I believe it's that, oh, they work at a factory or at a, you know what what I mean? So within these factories, there's programmers, there's, you know, uh, CNC operators, there's engineers, there's uh, engineering is, is basically the manufacturing industry is what we measure our economy with. Mm. It's that important. It's the backbone of the American economy. And without those people, you know, we're not going anywhere. But I think parents see that. Oh, he works at this company. It's a factory. Or I wanted to talk about Titans of CNC. Uh, Titan Gilroy, uh, he, he really um, is out there in, in the way that we do service, that we want to put out there to the world. We haven't made videos because of lack of time, but one day when I grow up, <laughs> I'd like to do that. But he does that with the CNC programming. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about, you go on YouTube, right, and learn these things. He does a whole cur- uh, curriculum on that. And uh, he has a pretty nice uh, outfit that, you know, a lot more people should see. Like he's very excited about the industry, as I am. And he's more into the um, production side of it. There's a lot of aspects that, I guess, parents if you're looking at kids going into a career right. should look at but then also just people that are within the career, the industry right now that they can grow from a programmer to you know designing to some other part of the the whole cog you know this industry i'm talking about years ago when i was going to school so i was looking at jobs that i wanted to to get like i, I wanted to go into prototype engineering and to design and all these other so what happens what most kids when they go to school they want to be this one thing, and then they go into school, and they're like, wow, I just wanted to do this and do that. And that's when your parents are like, all right, buddy, uh, we're, we're paying for, for you to be this, and now you want to be 12 things. But the thing is that engineering is so cool because it has so many different avenues to grow within. Mm-hmm. And also, for our industry, if you go out there and look at these jobs, it says degree preferred but not required. Because as long as they learn the specific material, the very technical stuff, uh, they could get in and then learn the rest while working. And what we're talking about is careers that $60,000, a year mm-hmm. after the first year is very much attainable, where you see degrees in business or whatnot, liberal arts coming out of four-year bachelors with $80,000 debt, and you're making 15 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, But the thing is that it is a very rewarding career. Um, I wear the same shirt, the same pants, as you can see, as all my employees do. Uh, we might get bumps and, and, and scratches sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. That may be our fault. But the thing is that um, 
you know, I have this saying, I go, uh, we might get our hands dirty, but we make clean money. <laughs> you know, I've seen a bumper sticker similar to that, and I really like it. You know, mm. it is blue collar. Sometimes I might put on a polo if I have a special meeting, and this is special, guys, so I'll wear my best <laughs> work shirt today. But but the thing is that uh, I think that stigma is part of it, right? Yeah. Uh, everybody wants to see their kid in a tie and this and that, but you know what? My text uh, probably... Because it needs to be seen as more of a profession rather than mm-hmm. just a it, job, I guess. Yeah, and it's a niche industry. Yeah. Because uh, here Houston is very industrialized, so a lot more people are familiar with, with what we do. I mean, within my family, I, I could go to a picnic and sit down and I tell them, oh, well, you know, mechanical engineering, this, oh, they'll be like, oh, can you, uh, can you uh, change my oil? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't even change my own car oil. <laughs> like, you know, that's not the type of mechanical yeah. that we do. But it's, it's a niche and it's, it's a pretty interesting thing because uh, it's very much in demand. As you know, what's in demand, if there's no supply, they pay right. more. You're pushing six figures, you know, if you're a very good tech out there. And I say that, you know, truthfully right now, you know, uh, we have a good team. Uh, we cross-train each other. Uh, we have one gentleman that's an apprentice. Everybody always asks, hey, Manny, what does it take to come and work for you? Yeah. And I tell them simple. I get an ACDC fundamental electrical side, you know, take a couple of other courses where we actually do pay for him too. Mm-hmm. You know, we encourage and uh, out of all those people, one gentleman did do that, mm-hmm. which actually blew me out of the water because I actually put an ad on LinkedIn and I said uh, apprenticeship program and I gave everything that I, I'm going to give him. It's all I need from you. Uh, that gentleman calls me and said, hey, by the way, yesterday I just got my six-month certificate, uh, my mechatronic certificate mm-hmm. for a uh, service technician. It was like six-month role. I'm like, well, you're hired. <laughs> um, and the thing is that it's so easy. Uh, I just feel that these kids should go to school in the evening, you mm-hmm. know, have their day job if they want, and go to school and take a couple of these courses to become, say, what I am doing, or else, you know, come to you guys mm-hmm. and take your curriculum. With the partnerships that we're forming right now, you know, it's very exciting that they'll have no problem getting a job. And mm-hmm. it's a very, very good job that from that can grow into anything else. So, Sarah, if you have a student out there who wants to do this, what, what should they do? How does this work? We've recently relaunched our CNC machining program and have revised curriculum to create a fast-track program that can be completed within two semesters. We, like Manny suggested, we took a look at what's recommended and what's best for the people that need and want this type of training classes are offered in the evenings, Tuesday, or sorry, Thursdays and Fridays, and then on Saturdays. We have um, lab instruction during the day. So, like, if they want to join, like, how would they go about to this? To register? Thing? Yeah. If people are interested, we would like them to reach us by telephone at 281-756-3787, or they can email us at cewd at alvincollege.edu. And we actually have classes that are going to be starting at the end of August. How long is the program? The program is just over 300 hours and we've set it up so that people can complete within six months okay does it match like the same semesters of the college or no it's fast track so the department that i work in and the the department that i supervise is all fast track career technical education so commercial truck driving can be done within four months Mm -hmm. something more advanced like cnc machining like we're talking about we're looking at six months and we're also partnering with companies like manny and others in the area to develop apprenticeships. So mm-hmm. we would be considered pre-apprenticeship training, mm-hmm. and then 
they would go and get the more technical, advanced, industry-specific type of training mm -hmm. with companies like t Taxi and C. Well, some of those kind of like going to depend on who they work for and which industry they're servicing. Exactly. And that kind of so something Manny had brought up, like I said, have been in several of these amazing facilities that have cleaner floors than my house. It, <laughs> it blows my mind, and there's air conditioning. And one of the companies had a robotic cart that moved from room to room and there's quality assurance and these are not factory jobs. These are highly technical, highly mm -hmm. advanced companies and they're making the fiber of our, our economy, our world, everything that we use at some point has gone through one of these machines and I think it's so important for people to understand that this is a fascinating industry and there's not enough information out there about how cool this is. If you guys want to see what we do, look up Manny Pasillas. It's M-A-N-N-Y, uh, last name P-S and Peter, A-S like Sam, I-L-L-A-S. We're, uh, right now our outlet is LinkedIn. I do have my website. It's techcnc.tech. We do own our domain. We've paid for a website <laughs> but never populated it because of the great demand from just word of mouth. Uh, but on LinkedIn, what I do is uh, I show you some of the fixes. You'll see, like, machines and pieces. You know, you'll see some hints of how to do things or what are we doing. You know, some of our, our mission of why we do things uh, is out there, too. But I think that that's just a little bit of an outlet to if you want to understand what we do. But the thing is that the machines that we do it on, mm -hmm. uh, your program, you know, uh, people that do not know CNC and want to get on them, you know, we work on those machines. And uh, the input that we receive from the programmers and operators is very important to us for determining fixes. Why isn't right. it not doing it? And you know what I like about this industry that I go to companies and to see how personal it is of an industry is that I'll go to a company and say, hey, uh, go to Joey's machine. It, it broke down or go to John's machine. Mm -hmm. And that's how personal it is because the people that run these machines, it becomes their machine. You know, and so it, it's really interesting. There's not many industries where, you know, people say that's theirs. So mm -hmm. ownership is a very big part of this industry. Companies want that culture to happen. Uh, here in Texas, we have oil and gas, but um, I want people to understand that it's not just oil and gas. We had the pleasure to install a machine at Tesla Gigafactory in Austin last year. And just to see the behemoth of a company that that is and all the different types of machines that are in there. I'm not sure how many employees they have or they're going to have a total as for full capacity. But, you know, people think it's cool to be in SpaceX or mm -hmm. Tesla and all these other companies. You know, we've worked with them. We've quoted them. Uh, and I just saw Blue Origin. Uh, they're having a machinist hiring fair right now. Mm. So, you know, if they want to go into a cool field, they see, you know, these cool companies you know, they are hiring guys, you know, for machinists. Manny, what type of person thrives in this industry? So say somebody's listening to this and they're wondering, is this for me? I know there's lots of people and I know there's women in the industry. Mm -hmm. I've been out on the floors in these companies seeing people out there. And there's such a variety mm -hmm. of diversity of types of people. But in terms of a personality, who thrives? Anyone that wants a challenge. Somebody that loves a challenge. Somebody that doesn't uh, doesn't want to be bored in this industry you could raise your hands to a lot of things what do i mean by that you know there's going to be certain parts or certain 
scenarios where this person can't do it and they ask, hey, can somebody help us or does anybody know how to do this? And so there's opportunities for people to actually grow and say, I'll do it. And in this industry, if you're that person that learns something, you, you can go within your own company into something else. And it's very challenging, very fast-paced. And so I think that individual has to do that. And then, uh, Sarah, you mentioned uh, women in the industry. When I first started working at Precision Twist Drill many a year ago, I believe that the person that had the best quality uh, and all of the above was, was a woman. Her name was Dawn. So, Dawn, if you're out there, uh, there's many. <laughs> women, I've worked at companies uh, that they're really good techs, uh, programmers, designers. This field is for everybody. Uh, I've seen a lot of more women going into the field. My business is women owned, owned at, the same, at the end of the day. You know, it's you know, my wife. You know, she's very much the office of the, our industry, uh, business. So this industry is not just for men. That's another stigma that we have to kind of erase. How attainable really is it for somebody who's hearing this off the street to come through a program like ours, in your opinion, as industry, you know, be at a college for six months rather than, you know, four years to come out and come work for you? I'll give you this, this little analogy or anecdote. So my daughter just got her license this week. So it was a big milestone for her. I was her driver's dead instructor. <laughs> or test dummy or crash dummy. She did fairly well, but she was always intimidated. We used different vehicles for she to get the feel. That's kind of how this industry can be and is. If you're being, I guess, trusted with this equipment and whoever's out there, they know that, you know, the experienced people know the dangers or they know the precision involved and what that means to scrap a $30,000 part that you're running, you know, so that it is intimidating. It is, like, stressful at times, I guess. But the thing is that them, them same people that you're going to be working for know that. And they're not going to just put you on there and, like, push the button and cross your fingers. I've seen a lot of mentoring, and I've seen a lot of – and when I'm out speaking with companies and owners like yourself and supervisors and people working these machines, they're out there helping each other. Nobody's hoarding information, and everybody seems like they want their coworkers to succeed. There's so much passion and excitement and interest in making these really cool parts, things that from the tiniest, tiny, like two millimeters big to, you know, feet big that wouldn't even fit in this recording studio. Mm -hmm. So it it's really, really cool to see for me, as a, I consider myself quite a lay person, the accessibility. So I think for me, a big thing of why I'm on here and why I wanted to talk to you is to help our community, to help anybody who's feeling lost and doesn't know what they want to do, that this is a really dynamic, rewarding field that is full of people with so much passion and excitement. I tell my guys, we cross-train each other, like you said, mentoring each other. Um, I mentor them in work as, as technicians, but also as human beings. You know, uh, the very little wisdom I probably have gained, uh, I'm going to share that too. Because uh, knowledge is the only one thing in the world that you can share and still keep. And then at the end of the day, it's I've learned that by teaching, I learned a better way, a different way, and the openness to even get taught by the person you're teaching. We're very much open. I, I do practice emotional intelligence. I understand what that is. Uh, and, and I think that the culture of these companies uh, now are, are getting to the, to the point that they are cross-training and using a matrix to see where their employees fall and who can learn more. And it's, it's an it's a industry that 
you could learn whatever you want to learn right now. Thank you all for coming by today. I appreciate it. Thank you. To read these stories and more, visit allencollege.edu.